welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello and welcome to episode 40, we've made it, of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I am joined by the very talented and lovely Alexandra Whitley, all the way from New Zealand. Alex has currently just returned back from qualifying for the final series of the W Women's Series in Spain. However, she wasn't successful, but it has given her the drive and ambition to look forward to 2020. I really hope you enjoy this interview. You hear about Alex's start in motorsport where she began karting in Toowoomba at the tender age of 12, right through to now living and competing full-time in New Zealand, however, without a drive for 2019, as she was hoping to be racing in the W Series, and hear about what she does to actually get ready for race day. Um, I found Alex to be really motivational um, for both female and male competitors. So if you're looking for something a little bit different, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Please help me welcome Alex to the show. Show Alex. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, so you've got a little bit of a different story. You're an Aussie living in New Zealand. You've currently just come back from qualifying for the W Series. Let's start from the start. Um, you got started in karting um, a little bit later in life, around about 16 years of age. Um, how did you get started that late and what was your influences? Yeah, I was actually doing other sports. I was swimming a lot. I originally wanted to be an Olympic swimmer which has helped my racing throughout my life because having that mindset of a sports person. Um, but dad would go one way with my brother and sister karting and I'd go the other way with mum swimming. Um, then I started doing a few triathlons. So training was really, really hard, um, but it taught me a lot from a young age. And then I actually had an injury and you know stopped everything and just said to my dad one day, can I have a go? And of course he said yes, and it just really grew from there, and I just haven't looked back really. Fantastic. And are your siblings older than you or younger? And Yeah, so I've got an older sister and an older brother, and they both raced um, karting. My sister went up into Formula Ford right up to a national level, and then I've got a younger sister as well, but she's not really interested in motorsport whatsoever. Oh, funny. And were you better? Were you the best out of the three? <laughs> I think it's really hard to say. We never had the opportunity to race each other because we were different ages, different classes, different weight groups. Um, so it's always a very heated discussion at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say that I probably have more um, inner motivation than the others, but, you know, circumstances for all of us have been very different. We've all had different opportunities. So I don't really, um, I can't really answer that one because we've never had an even race. Not even gone to the indoor go-kart track just to put it the tested. <laughs> yeah, well, my sister used to manage the local indoor go-kart track in Toowoomba. So we've had a few run-ins there, but, we, you know, you'd come up to my brother and you'd reach over and flick his engine off and you know, you'd take a water bottle and throw a bit of water over your shoulder. So it never really was fair. Uh, sounds like fun though. Yeah. Uh, 
and so obviously your dad was an engineer and was quite predominant in your early days. Um, is he still involved in your racing career now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, dad has been a huge part of all of our racing um, right from the word go. He used to race Speedway when he was quite young. I think he started in his 20s. Um, won a few national titles and a track somewhere. I'm not actually sure where. He actually still has a lap record. So, um, you know, that's pretty pretty cool for him. And it's just as much his love and dream and passion as it is ours. So he's been there right from day one. Um, some of my racing in New Zealand, obviously it's a long way and expensive. He can't come every time. But in the last um, four VAU races, he's travelled over and, been my pit crew and pulled the spanners and helped me run around, pick up things and change tyres. So he's been a massive help right from day one and couldn't do it without him. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's go back a little bit. So after karting, um, what category did you step up into and tell us pretty much how, what you've raced until today? Yeah. So after karting, I stopped karting for a while just due to lack of funds and sponsorship. And then I had the opportunity to come over to New Zealand and race in the Sangyong Racing Series. So that was fantastic. Taught me a lot. Um, Caught me out a few times how big and heavy they are, but you learn pretty quickly um, how to manoeuvre them and where to place them on the track and, you know, kind of just sticks with you and you, you don't really even though you might stop, you don't really lose that race craft. It's always kind of embedded into you. And then from Sangyongs, I had the opportunity to race um, a GT40. So that was like a massive step, such an unreal car. Very grateful to have driven that super fast, um, slick tyres. It was, yeah, fantastic car. Driven a Ford Mustang, um, a Formula Ford, you know, lots of different things, Toyota 86, um, some lots of members' cars at the racetrack um, I work at. So, you know, Ferraris and Audis and doing driver training and lots of um, high-performance people's sports cars. And then Dion, who helped me through the Sangyong series, built what we call a super ute. And um, we could be... I mean, I guess we could be wrong, but as far as we're aware, it's the fastest double cab ute in the world. So it's got a V8 Supertura engine, which is a V8 engine, very, very powerful, high-performance car and, you know, completely Supertura suspension, drivetrain, everything. So it's a Sangyong ute on the outside, but on the inside, it's a, a weapon of a race car. And is that something that you guys have built together? I definitely helped throughout the build. Um, I wouldn't say some of it was together. Um, it was sort of more Dion's dream and his baby. I guess I was just fortunate enough to for him to take me under his wing um, in many different parts of my racing. He's been a huge supporter and a massive help throughout my career to date. Um, so it was really cool to be able to race with him and we won some things in that car, and he's actually building a Ferrari at the moment, so um, he's very into motorsport. <laughs> very nice. Will you get to drive that one as well? Oh, I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you did mention that you um, ceased karting due to lack of funds. Um, how did you get funds to go to New Zealand? Like, it's not like, okay, we're just going to get some funds now and let's go raise some Hyundai Excel. 
uh, quite a big jump. Um, did something happen in the sponsorship round or was it through networking? Um, it's quite a, a pretty cool story. It's more of a right place, right time, um, kind of a not giving up story. I'm a really big believer and trying to prove that if you want it bad enough that you can go and find the sponsorship. You know, there's people out there that do sponsor. It's just a matter of playing the numbers game, asking enough people, um, getting yourself out there to be able to find it. And I mean, right now I'm, you know, contradicting my own words because I don't have anything for next season, but I'm very determined and I will find something. So what happened was um, we were winning a lot in karting, you know, won a few national titles and didn't really, we didn't get picked up. We couldn't afford to continue racing and we kind of got to the point where we were winning everything at a club level and it just wasn't challenging enough. So instead of racing every weekend, we'd race like once a month or once every two months and go to bigger meetings. But when you're not racing every weekend, you just lose that edge, which might be, you know, a tenth and that's just the difference between first and third. So we did quite well. We won a lot of stuff. We travelled Australia. Really cool to be able to have that experience with my dad. Um, you know, long, long way travelling Australia, as as other Aussies would know. And an opportunity came up for Women in Motorsport Australia, run by CAMS, and it was a have-a-go day for ladies. And I basically said to my dad, you know, we should go and do this because if I miss out on an opportunity, I'll kick myself. So long story short, we went to the day, hired a car with, you know, money we couldn't even afford. And I met a lady by the name of Heather Spurl. Now Heather's got um, the world water record. Like she's raced a lot of stuff, very, very well known in the motorsport world um, and boating and She's lived in all sorts of places, excellent mentor. You know, Heather has done a lot for me. So she said, oh, do you want to go and race in New Zealand? And I said, yes, you know, what have I got to do? I didn't have a passport. I didn't have a license, um, anything. So I had two weeks to get it all together and, you know, not even knowing if it would actually get pulled off. So um, ended up in New Zealand two weeks later, racing at Taupo in the Sangyong series, and it sort of just snowballed from there. And for those that are interested in racing internationally, is it easier to get a licence in New Zealand or is it quite a hard process? Yeah, they're they're just as hard as each other, really. Um, Well, I wouldn't actually say they're hard. You know, you need to know the rules and they quiz you on the rules. It's a written test and that's both for CAMS and also Motorsport New Zealand. So you get your licence, you need to know your flags and rules like if something happens or you have a run-in with someone which official you have to see Uh, most countries are very very similar and and then they either assess you or you do you go somewhere like you could go to Millwell at Paul Morris's and they do a bit of a driving assessment to make sure that you can actually do what you think you can do and then you start racing so in New Zealand um, we don't have P plates or anything but in Australia you start with P plates and you start off the back for a certain amount of races just to make sure that you don't get caught up and you know the people winning the championship and learn what to do and then um, you go from there you just slowly keep upgrading your license right up to international level. Fantastic so let's talk about an international level so you have just come back from qualifying for the W series how did that whole opportunity come about? 
Yeah. So the W series um, has been in the media quite a bit lately. Um, has been very controversial, but in my opinion, it is the most um, fantastic opportunity. You know, regardless of it being for females, it is amazing what they're doing for motorsport. They're taking the sponsorship out of it. And, you know, it really is a driver's series and you don't really hear of that anywhere in the world. They're changing cars and engineers every race so you're never in the same car. So nobody can complain or you've got a good relationship or your car's faster than mine. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how the season pans out. As disappointed as I am not to be a part of it, it was still an accolade in itself to make the top 28. Um, so that came about as I actually applied for it um, and kind of just got through by the skin of my teeth. Um, it was very, very late application and got through, went to Austria and we went through a camp there. There was 60 girls. So they did fitness assessments, um, media, driving, all sorts of different driving, um, you know, psychology of our, our personalities and things like that. And then from there, they dropped down to the 28, which we went to Spain, and that was a test in a Formula 3 car, which was just out of this world. I've never really driven open-wheel cars before, and it's just an insane experience. I can see why people love them so much. Um, I learned a lot, improved every day, and I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to applying for it again next year and hopefully we can go one step further and make that 28 to top 10. Fantastic. Yes, we're very proud of you. And, of course, even though you live in New Zealand, we will claim you as our own. <laughs> Being born and bred here. Um, and so, Alex, um, so about the series, so you don't have to get sponsors, that's it. So once you're in the top 28, all your pure job is is to drive. Yeah, that's right. I was absolutely blown away by the professionalism of the whole series. So high-tech motorsport is running every single car. So you've got a mechanic, an engineer, um, and other people helping out on every single car. Um, and like I said before, they change cars, they change engineers. The cars were built from scratch in the high-tech um, workshop in Silverstone. So everything is absolutely the same to the millimetre or as best as they can get. They put, you know, ballast in the cars to counter for driver weight and fuel and it was the most even and fair competition I've ever been in. And then as well, we had people like David Coulthard and Alex Wirtz and, you know, all these people from F1 or at F1 level and Matt Bishop and all these mentors and people that we can look up to um, seek advice from. They had Lynn St. James, so she's a female that reached Formula One level. So to be able to stand next to these people, learn from them, um, was an amazing experience. And if people didn't get anything out of it, then then that's their fault because it was just unreal. We learned so much. You know, it's a lot of information to take in over a short few days, but it was fantastic. And so knowing that it's going to be an open wheeler, is that where you'll be looking to compete in 2019, 2020 until? Yeah. Look, for me, my goal has always been Australian V8 supercars. I've, I guess I've never driven an open wheel before, so I didn't realise how, you know, amazing they are. Um, after driving one now, it's really kind of opened my eyes to more opportunity, more racing. Um, they're just like a big go-kart, but a thousand times better. So I would absolutely love to be an open wheeler 
working hard towards a budget to race TRS here in New Zealand. Um, would love to come and do some Formula Ford in Australia. But for me, it's just trying to find those corporate backing to be able to do so. Um, I'd love to be able to represent someone, um, you know, in both countries being, you know, um, I tell everybody that I'm from both sides of the Tasman, which is actually quite cool to be able to say. So I'd love to be able to get a sponsor and just showcase them on an international level. But as everybody knows, sponsors are about relationships. So it's about building that and um, what you can give them for what they give you. Yeah, and what is sponsorship like in New Zealand? Is it different from over here? Is there a lot more smaller companies that are willing to get on board? Um, yeah, what, what's the what's it like over there? It's really hard to compare Australia to New Zealand because I hadn't raced cars in Australia. I think there's definitely more opportunity just in Australia due to the size and the businesses, et cetera, that are there. However, New Zealand is a very small, you know, tight-knit community. But I also believe no matter where you are in the world, sponsorship is going to be difficult to find. You know, there's athletes everywhere that struggle to find it. And, you know, there might be a kid in, you know, some back blocks of Africa who's eight foot tall and amazing at basketball, but he might not or she might not ever get the opportunity to be noticed or can't afford to travel somewhere to do a you know to get recognized by a scout and every sport is like that so it's just you've got to get yourself in the right place at the right time um sponsors don't just fall in your lap you've got to work hard for them and and show them you know what you can do you know they they want the relationship they want the reward they want you to be winning you know there's there's lots and lots of aspects that go behind sponsors so yeah it is hard to say whether one country is easier than the other um I don't really think that's the case I think it's tough everywhere yeah and so one of the ways that you've been able to keep into the business and networking is through your day-to-day job um what do you do every day so since I've got back from uh, Spain, I actually haven't been working at the moment. So I'm reaching out to get into something new, something different. Um, I was previously working for a car company and then I worked for a racetrack and both of those I absolutely loved. The car company, I got to meet so many different people. Um, I learned a hell of a lot working closely with the CEO. Um, it just yeah really opened my eyes to you know, a big business world um, and corporate companies, you know, coming from a small town back in Toowoomba, I didn't really get um, that feel or that experience. You know, everybody knows everybody and um, in the corporate world, it's quite different to a little country town. And then at the racetrack, it was fantastic. You know, we have members that come out there um, some of them are well off, some of them aren't. You know, it just turns into one big family. It doesn't really matter who you are or how much money you've got. Everybody helps everybody because of their love and passion for motorsport. So I loved uh, working at the track. I got to do go-karts. I got to, you know, run the track. Um, one of the best parts about that job is we would have people come in with disabilities and or people that were, you know, on their last legs of their life and there was one man in particular who really kind of struck the heartstrings as he was dying of cancer and he was there with his wife. And I got 
you know, it was in a position to be able to take him from a hot lap. And being a racing driver, you know, you kind of take for granted the speed and the adrenaline and everything that goes on. But when he got out of the car and was just like absolutely breathless and blown away, it was a real reminder, you know, this is why I love doing this is to give people the chance that wouldn't normally have had it to be able to go and do that. So that was the best thing about that job. Yeah, fantastic. But you've, do you have some skill sets behind you? Um, so you're not just a race car driver. What are other things can you do? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of people are surprised by the different things that I can do. I've done a lot of jobs in my life. Um, I've done bartending. I worked at Donut King. I've done retail. Uh, I've got a certain fitness. I've got my dump truck license. I grew up in a welding workshop, so I can weld, I can paint, I can panel beat, um, I make stickers. So you kind of, I wouldn't say I'm an expert at everything, but I can do a little bit of everything. So, you know, when I worked for the car company or the track, it was, you know, they were quite surprised when I go, oh, don't worry, I can do that or I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty and that's something that's helped me a lot through my career. You know, you can't stand back and, and just, you know, watch someone fit your tyre or think that someone's going to clean your car. You have to do it yourself and make things happen. And I'm a really strong believer in just showing up and having a go and giving your all and, and definitely working hard. And talking about working hard, obviously you're saying you haven't secured a drive yet for the 1920 um, season and your plan is to go back for Series 2 of W Series. What is your plan behind the scenes of getting prepared um, to race again? Are you actively looking for sponsorship? Are you training? Um, you know, how's your mindset? What kind of things do you do around getting ready? Yeah, so I do quite a few different things. You know, finding the sponsorship is massive. And I think a lot of people don't realise that driving is, you know, like 10% of motorsport. It's actually not a very big part. You've got to be super fit. Um, you know, your mind's got to be in the right place. Like, like any athlete, you know, people that win gold medals or the person that comes second, you know, the reason that that person won the gold is they just had that little bit of edge over second place. So I work with a NLP coach back in Australia. Um, his name's Tony Regan. He's fantastic. I've been working with him for three or four months now. I've got a, a trainer here in New Zealand, a strength and conditioning coach. Her name's Alison Story. So she's worked with another driver for about 10 years. Um, and I was pretty fortunate that he let her come and train me because he didn't want to share. So I've learned a lot with Alison, improved a lot. Um, you have to be, it's not just kind of sitting there steering a wheel um, the, the cars are super hot. They're very physical. You've got to have a strong neck to be able to hold your head up, a good core because your legs kind of just flop around with the G-forces. Um, so, you know, physical training, mental training, looking for sponsorship. And on top of that, you've got to live too. So um, working, I was working full-time at the moment. I'm not, but that won't last very long. Um, you know, like I... My partner and I work weekends and when we actually bought the ute for this season, we worked about 97, I think I worked it out, hours a week for like three months straight. Um, honestly, just about, you know, killed myself. I was having micro sleeps and, but it just, which is scary. I don't, don't recommend that to anyone. <laughs> um, 
but it's just kind of, you know, it's very rewarding when you get that win, which I achieved in the Ute was the first female to win that, that hard work really paid off. Um, and it sort of makes it all worth it. But, you know, people, um, a lot of people just expect that, Oh, I'm good that someone will sponsor me, but that definitely doesn't happen. You've got to work hard for it. Yeah. And I was going to ask, do you have any advice as somebody wanting to pursue their dreams? But I'm pretty much sure that you've answered that to a T. So thanks very much. That's all right. I'd say, you know, to young athletes, um, that people may not be so supportive, but you know, you've just got to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else is going to, and just keep working hard at it. Um, if you're, if you just keep working hard, you just keep showing up something somewhere along the line will catch up and you will get an opportunity. And it's just about grabbing that with both hands and, you know, at the time, you know, a door might close, you know, for example, for me, I didn't quite make the W series, um, you know, call it not good enough, call it lack of experience, whatever. But it, for me, I know that I can do it. So I'm going to work hard over the next year to get the experience, you know, actually have some time in an open wheeler and go back and do it again. Oh, that's fantastic, Alex. Well, we wish you all the very best for the plans. Thank you again for your words of advice. Um, yeah, definitely got some work um, put out for you for this for the rest of this year. Um, I love to see you in an open wheeler to get some more experience before you go back for round two. Seeing the girls that um, actually were successful, predominantly they do race for those open wheelers over in Europe. Would that be, uh, I guess, an opportunity for you to go to Europe and? do some, even if it's like basic former Fords over there or whatever they have over there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I can get the sponsors and get the drive, I'd fly anywhere in the world to drive something. Um, doesn't matter what it is, open wheeler, go-kart, car, ute, um, you name it, I'll be there. I just love racing, um, love getting the different experiences of different cars. Um, a lot of people may not like that you jump from one car to the other, but I think that being able to do that just makes you a better driver and a better athlete and teaches you a lot. You know, I don't have a lot of experience in my career, so the more things I can drive, the more opportunities I can grab a hold of, the better that I'll be. Fantastic. So is New Zealand home now or are you coming back to Oz? <laughs> Yeah, for the moment, New Zealand's home. I um, haven't really made any promises to anyone in each country because I'm just not sure where I'll end up. Um, you know, I you know may end up in Europe soon, so who knows? But for now, New Zealand's home. Fantastic. And Alex, what is your favourite racetrack? So, so go karting Ipswich at Queensland Raceway was my favourite track, and Cars Pukekohe in Auckland is my favourite track. Yeah, I've had someone else say that. I haven't been over to the New Zealand track, so I'll need to get over there. Yeah, definitely. It's a really beautiful place. Um, at the moment, it's a little bit dry, but not as dry as what uh, Australia can be. Um, but especially, you know, going over to Spain, it's very, very deserty. Everything's dead. And coming back to New Zealand makes you appreciate how much of a beautiful place it is. But one thing I do miss about Australia a lot is the sun. You know, that's it's cold here and you're in the sun for 10 minutes and, and it burns. But, yeah, the 
Australian sun has just got a real warmth to it. I don't miss that. Yeah, I come over quite a bit to New Zealand for horse racing, but not for V8 racing. So I'll have to hit up a few more racetracks next time. Anyway, Alex, I really appreciate your time and sharing your experience with us today. Um, all the best for 2019 and, um, yeah, we'll keep following your journey and hopefully in 2020 we'll see you, um, if not at the W Series, definitely somewhere full-time, hopefully in the Super 3s even. Sounds great. Thanks very much and hopefully in 12 months' time we can catch up again and, and tell you all about the W Series. Yeah, we'll keep all Alex's um, details so you can follow her journey onto the show notes for today. Thanks, Alex. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.